Welcome to the Why Not You podcast, where our goal is to inspire, teach, and elevate your personal journey. Our heart-centered guests love sharing some of their life-changing aha moments, hoping that it might be of benefit to you. Hello and welcome to our Why Not You podcast. What a treat we have today. I've been looking forward to our conversation with Lindsay for a long time. With us today is Lindsay Klein, and let me share with you just a few highlights about Lindsay and some of the things that I do know about her. She is a high school and collegiate Hall of Famer, national champion with the UCLA Bruins. Then she turned pro and played with Team USA in women's fast pitch softball. Additionally, she's an entrepreneur, coach, and mentor to hundreds and hundreds of burgeoning fast pitch youth. Lindsay, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, before we get started, I really like to usually spend a few minutes and just get to know you a little bit about what it was like growing up and where you grew up and what it was like at the Klein household. Sure. So I grew up in Roseville, California, which is Northern California near the capital of Sacramento with my mom and dad. And I had an older sister, two years older than me. And our town was pretty small back then when I was growing up. So I used to run around all over town, ride my bike everywhere. And I was involved in just about any sport, you know, soccer, basketball, softball from, you know, the age of five. Anything with a ball on it, you were doing it, right? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. You put a ball in front of me and it was, it was on. Okay. And then obviously you ended up being, as I said in the introduction, you were a high school Hall of Famer. Tell us a little bit about what you did to get there. And did you have to choose one sport over another? And what was that like? Yeah. So growing up, I pretty much played sports year round, but I didn't play one sport year round. We, I went from soccer one season that would end and then I'd go to softball that would end. And then I'd play basketball and So it was kind of fun because I got to do and play so many different sports and be coached by different people and have, you know, different groups of friends. And then I played basketball and softball in high school. I couldn't play soccer because it was conflict at the same time as softball. So I chose to do softball instead. And I guess it worked out pretty well for me, but I ended up playing basketball through till my senior year. And then I uh, decided that my senior year, I would just solely play softball to focus on that and hopefully get recruited to play softball in college. I had to choose either softball or basketball to play in college. And I just felt like at that stage, I was going to have more opportunities for softball. So that's when I dedicated myself to just playing softball year round at that point. Well, what was the process like to get noticed? Obviously, you went on to college and whatnot. So tell us a little bit about the recruiting process, how you got noticed. You know, we didn't have videos and all that kind of stuff back then. So not that you're that ancient, but uh, it's a much different process today than it was then. So tell us about that. Yes, of course. I mean, the sport's evolving and growing like crazy, which is amazing. Even, you know, when I, back when I was playing, they didn't put all the games on ESPN like they do now. And so it's very cool. But recruiting back then, it was basically, if you were good, you would play on a travel ball team. And there was, you know, few travel ball teams around here. It wasn't like it is now where there's, you know, thousands of teams. So you get on a travel ball team if you're like really good. And then you go to different tournaments and there's, you know, I remember the first time I went to a tournament and there was a college scout out there. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. 
Cause you think of them as like superheroes, like, wow, they're out here looking at me to like play in college. Like, cause we didn't grow up like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, play in college, you know, and I'm only eight years old and then I'm going to play in college. We didn't grow up thinking like that. It was like, we played sports because we loved them. And then it just turned out that I had opportunities. And that led you to, uh, you had some big colleges looking at you uh, from that travel squad. So I had a bunch of colleges looking at me. You know, I went on recruiting trips to University of Washington. I went on a recruiting trip to University of Tennessee where Pat Summit actually got to take me around because she knew I loved basketball, even though I wasn't going there to play basketball. I was a huge Pat Summit fan. So they had uh, her tour me around campus, which I'll never forget. That was an amazing experience. But I decided to stay close to home and go to San Jose State, partly because my mom at the time wasn't doing too well and I didn't want to go too far away. And then what happened at San Jose? So I went there and after just a couple of weeks, just realized this is not the spot for me. It just didn't feel right. And I listened to my gut and I decided after you know a couple months, I didn't even play softball there. I finished the semester out, came home at the, you know, right before Christmas and decided, you know what, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to enroll into a junior college here near my home, which was Sacramento City College. I'm going to enroll in there because at the time they had a really good softball program. And uh, so I knew, I knew that I could, you know, potentially go play for them and then be close to home so I could help take care of my mom. Well, it must have worked out for you because you were a Hall of Famer at that uh, college as well. So obviously you ended up at UCLA. So tell us a little bit about that process of exactly what Sac State did for you and where it led you. Yeah. So Sac City for me was a blessing because it gave me the opportunity to be close to home, work on my game. I played for a legendary coach at Sac City. His name's Tim Kiernan. He actually just retired this year. And he was known you know, to be a winner and to help kids get recruited to the next uh, level after they you know, spend two years at the junior college. So I knew I had a good opportunity there. So after my freshman year playing there, I played really well, became junior college player of the year. And then Tim actually got me a tryout for the USA team. And uh, so I went to try out for the USA team when I was 18 years old, trying out against legends of the sport at the time, who are still known legends, you know, Michelle Smith, Lisa Fernandez, they're all huge, huge women of the game. So I'm here I am this, you know, a little 18 year old playing with these grown women. And I actually ended up making the team. So I was the youngest girl on the Olympic or it is the Olympic team, but the USA national team. And so after that summer, then all the colleges, I, I pretty much got to choose wherever I wanted to go. So it was like the top colleges at the time, UCLA, Arizona, pretty much wherever I wanted to go, I had offers. And so you chose UCLA and that ended up being quite a career for you there as well. A national championship. Yeah, UCLA was some of the best moments of my life. And, you know, I played with teammates I'll never forget. We're still friends to this day. And Sue Enquist was my coach at UCLA. And uh, she's, you know, a living legend. And my first year at UCLA, we ended up winning the national championship. So that was pretty special. And, you know, my mom and dad got to be there to witness that. So for me, it's just like my career just kind of just took off. 
and then you uh, eventually uh, went pro. Tell us about where, you know, what that was like turning out to be a professional softball player. Yeah. So I got super lucky because most girls careers end, you know, after college and I had the opportunity for my career to keep going. After I graduated UCLA, I turned pro. So it was, you know, the pro league's kind of small for women. They still have one around, but it's not huge, but it gave us the opportunity still to play and make a little bit of money. Yeah. So after I turned pro, I got drafted to a team in Florida So I, right out of UCLA graduation, I moved out to Tampa Bay, Florida. I played two summers there and all in between that, I was still also on the USA team. So we train, we play pro and then we train the rest of the year and uh, we travel the world for the USA team. Wow. What an experience that must've been. Yes, it sure was. I mean, here I am this 18, 19 year old with a passport and traveling the world pretty much by myself. (laughs) which was a unique experience and an education all in itself being that young. So Lindsay, tell us how you made the jump or the leap, if you will, from a pro career to opening your own academy. Well, I kind of fell into it because my uh, time when I went pro, the season was so short. We would just play in the summer And I remember, I think I got paid like $5,000 for, you know, three months of the summer. And I was like the highest paid in the league, which kind of laughable now, but you think, you know, out of college, like that's, you know, a lot of money. (laughs) So I shortly realized, wow, that money is not going to cut it. And I have to figure out, you know, a job and still be able to train full time and practice and lift weights and do all that because I had to be ready for the season. So I actually started teaching that summer in Tampa, Florida. So I started teaching these kids and giving them private lessons. And then I would do camps and clinics and I would bring in some of my buddies off the USA team to run a clinic. And it kind of just blew up from there. And so I, I started realizing, oh, wow, I can do, you know, X amount of lessons a week and still make some really good money. And then it afforded me the time to be able to train. Well, you are the uh, proprietor of Lindsay Klein Softball there in Roseville, California. You you returned back to your home. And tell us a little bit about that journey, about leaving the professional ranks, if you will, and mm-hmm. uh, starting your own business and teaching young people about the art of softball. Yeah. So my career ended and knew I had a degree from UCLA and I was like, man, what am I going to do? I don't, I have no idea, but I know I'm really good at softball and I'm passionate about it. And uh, I really loved doing the lessons and coaching, but I soon realized I didn't want to coach in college. I kind of wanted a little bit more flexibility with my career. So that's when Lindsay Klein Softball Academy started. And I moved back to Roseville, California and started my business and just started small and, you know, kind of worked my tail off to get to where I am today. I think I'm about 12 years into my, uh, having my academy and I have like over 500 girls in my softball school that, uh, we teach and I have other girls that work for me and they, you know, teach and they do the lessons. So, I mean, we have hundreds of girls going through our school a week and uh we're you know we're teaching them how to play softball and obviously it's more than that it's it's life lessons and building these kids confidence 
so they can excel both on and off the field and, you know, giving them the knowledge. And I've just been so, so lucky and so happy with where my career is at at this point, because it's just, like I said before, the game is growing like wildfire. Every game's televised on national TV. Our rankings of softball are sometimes better, you know, than some MLB games. And uh, I just got super lucky that I got to stay involved in my sport, you know, for a career because I get to go to work and do what I love. Well, Lindsay, when people just look at, you know, from the outside looking in and see your career and, and how it evolved from high school to college to pro and, whatnot. Most people would think that you just had everything fall in place, that you didn't have a bad day in your life. (laughs) And what we like to talk about on this podcast really is the adversity and the challenge that real life brings to us. And share with us some of the adversity that you've overcome and, you know, what you've learned from those challenges. Yeah. I mean, my dad always said you can do hard things and I've done hard things and I'll continue to do hard things. And you know, taking risks is really what it's all about. You know, my dad wanted me to be a school teacher and go teach because, you know, that was a stable career. He didn't think that I could make it as a coach or building my own brand. Not that he didn't believe in me, but he was like, oh, you know, you can go be a school teacher and you can have the summers off and have a steady income. And I I was like, you know what, dad, I'm going to do something much bigger than that. And, you know, school teachers obviously are children's future and I'm, you know, blessed, but I, you know, coaching, I can have impact on hundreds and hundreds of girls. And some of the adversity, you know, was early on just starting up. I had, you know, here in Roosevelt, it gets hot in the summer, like super hot. So you can't be outside. And then in the winter, it's cold. So I had to figure out, okay, I have to have an indoor facility. So that comes at a cost. So I had to get a building, you know, get cages set up. I had to put AstroTurf down. You know, so that comes like right out of your pocket before you ever making money. I'm spending ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars just trying to get a building, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how many kids do I need to come in this door for me to even just break even on this money? And so, you know, when I started, those were like, that's the risk. I'm putting, you know, twenty thousand out before I even see one kid, and you, you're just hoping that they show up, you know, and start helping you pay the bills and. So that's some of it. That's kind of where it, you know, it was tricky early on till I could build my brand and build my business. And luckily I was from Roseville, so I sort of had a name. And then, you know, now, you know, it's like most of my kids don't even really know where I played in college because my brand is, you know, Lindsay Klein softball, but they don't even know my background now, which is kind of cool. Because I used to hang on, oh, I played at UCLA and I played on the USA team, like come see me, you know, I'll, I'll make your kid better. But now it's just so much bigger than that. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about your UCLA Bruin background. I mean, I've studied John Wooden most of my life and he's a phenomenal coach. I'm really a coach's guy more than I am a particular college or professional sports team. I'm really a coach's guy. And what I loved about John Wooden, and you're doing exactly the same thing, and that is you're teaching people about life. You're teaching about it's more than just, you know, making hoops or hitting home runs. It's about how to prepare these, in John Wooden's case, these young men to face life. And I know for a fact that you have 
been a very positive influence on so many young girls, you know, throughout those 12 years. And you have got a network of coaches across the country and you really work hard to place those girls in a program where they can thrive. And that's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, I love what I do and to be able to have the influence on these girls when, you know, life is hard. So, I mean, my kids will come and tell me stuff. They don't even want to tell their mom and dad. And, you know, they rely on me, they trust me. And the best part is for me, yeah, placing them in college. And I just had 12 of my seniors leave this last week to go on to college and, you know, be freshmen in college. And it was bittersweet for me. You know, I, I had, you know, some tears coming down saying goodbye to some of these girls who I've been with since they were 10 years old. But then in the back of my mind and in my heart, I'm like, you know what? They're ready. I've prepared them to go to the next step. And it's like, it's so neat when I get to see them move on and they're thriving and they're, you know, getting good grades in college. And they're, some of them are playing on a huge stage and some of them are playing on a smaller stage, but it's as equally rewarding for me to see these kids go on and they get their college degrees. And, you know, then I'm getting invites to their weddings and then, you know, they're having babies. And it's just knowing that I was a small piece of their puzzle of success really is so rewarding for me. I can only imagine that's so cool that you're having those experiences and that you're teaching them life lessons, life skills that they can apply to anything, not just softball, but anything in life. Right. And going back to what you were saying about John Wooden, because I'm a huge, huge fan of John Wooden. I had the opportunity uh, to meet him and talk with him several times while I was at UCLA. He would come and talk to our softball team and sit down with us. And I mean, what an incredible man and human being. And you know, his legendary coaching status and pyramid of success lives on, you know, even after he's passed. And I don't think that'll ever go away because there was just something about him that, you know, people loved and listened to as a coach. And, you know, he just had a soft demeanor and his guys respected him so much. And so honestly, I've taken some of John Wooden into my coaching style. I wouldn't say like I'm old school or anything like that because I've evolved with the game, but old school and the thinking of, you know, hard work always pays off. Like some of these kids, you know, just want to go to college, but I'm like, okay, you got to put that work in. So it's instilling that work ethic. And I look at John Wooden quotes all the time and I'm like, man, this guy was a genius. He really was. He really was. And I continue to use his quotes. I study his book. I've got it really close by here. It's got kind of my, one of my go-tos, you know, when I, when yeah. I think about things and, and whatnot, but what I loved about him and, and what you're doing also, Lindsay, is that you just really edify the relationship and the work ethic. Mm-hmm. I mean, life is not easy. Life is hard. That's and, right. and everybody thinks that it's easy and that there's no challenges and whatnot, but that's just not true. And so we're just not, we're not prepared for some of the toughness that is out there. And what you're doing is, so cool. And you're preparing these young women for life and you're still involved in their life. And I mean, I can remember sitting there in one of your cages, if you will. And Mm -hmm. I mean, here's these young women 
and you're behind us. How far back is that net that you <laughs> that you sit behind? Oh yeah, it's you know fifteen twenty feet. Fifteen that twenty feet away. From, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the, you're just tossing the ball. <laughs> And I mean, these gals are smacking this ball. And I mean, it comes right at you at that net. You don't even flinch. And you just, hey, well, how was your date last night? And hey, what about this? What about, oh, it was just, it, it was really, really cool to watch you in action. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So I know that the last 12 years has been quite a bit of a journey. And recently, I think it was about two or three years ago, you were telling me that Louisville Slugger built a big, nice, air-conditioned building where they manufacture bats and they do all sorts of testing with bats and technology and masks and hats and helmets and all that kind of stuff. And they invited you to be a part of that because of your reputation, because of all the, the influence that you have in that region. Tell us a little bit about that facility and your relationship with Louisville Slugger. Okay. Yeah. So Louisville Slugger approached me because I would do a lot of bat testing for the company. Just randomly, the bat testing facility that Louisville Slugger has, you know, was here in Roseville, California, which no one really knew. So I would bat test for them and give them feedback on their bats. And then, you know, they would tweak the bats and then go mass produce, you know, trying to get the hottest bat. Well, so they approached me about five years ago and said, hey, we're going to expand and we're going to build a state-of-the-art facility here in Roseville to do all the bat testing for Louisville Slugger. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, man, I had, you know, I'd spent all this money on my own facility and, you know, finally got it up and going. So I kind of, you know, told them what I needed, what I wanted for it to work. And they agreed to it. And so I moved into their facility and I run the softball side there now. And yeah, like you said, I'm spoiled because we have air conditioning, we have heaters in there in the winter time. So I guess hard work does pay off because my old building definitely did not have that. And I don't know how I survived for so long in the heat. So yeah, so being with Louisville Slugger has been amazing because my kids get to test the bats now and give them feedback. And it's a neat part of the game because when I played, I just swung a bat and I'm like, oh yeah, this feels good. I didn't think about all the intricacies to the bat. So now these kids get to, you know, test and tell them what they like, tell them what they don't like. Oh, the grip size is too big. So it's kind of cool because they get to dive deep into how these bats are made and really how they work. And our facility, there's just none like that, you know, around here. Well, that's really cool. And, and you know, Lindsay, I know that you said you had 500 enrolled in your program right now, 500 in that yeah. Roseville area. And yeah, I, I bet yeah. some of them travel a ways to be there and to be a part of what you're doing. Yeah. I have some kids that come down from Reno, which is two hours away. I have kids that come from Modesto, which is an hour and a half away. I have kids that come from 45 minutes away. I have local kids. And, you know, I tell the parents all the time, you sure you want to drive that far? Like, I know we're good, but you know, and they're like, no, we're in. So it's become like such a cool thing. Like people want to get into the academy and they want their kids to be coached by us. And sometimes I just, I just can't even believe it. I can't even believe the dedication that these parents have for their kids. And uh, it, yeah, they come from all over. Yeah. I just checked the other day. It's like 512 kids are, you know, signed up in the academy. Not that we see them every week, but I was like, wow. I mean, I was excited when I had a hundred kids. 
Well, Lindsay, that's a testament to your leadership and all the positive things and all the hard work that you've put in over the years. So, gosh, it's been great talking to you today, Lindsay, and sharing your story a little bit. And before we go, I have one question that I want to ask you. And, okay. and, and that is, if there's one thing that you could teach or coach to you know, the audience that's listening today, what would that lesson be? I think the lesson for anyone listening would be just don't give up. You know, when life gets hard or you're throwing curveball or a little bump in the road, it's easy just to kind of, oh, okay, I guess it's not meant to be, but push through, push through the adversity. Hard work will pay off. We don't know when or exactly what time, you know, that would be, but you know, life is tough and I teach these kids all the time. Anything worth it will not be easy. And so I teach all these kids that, you know, from such a young age that, you know, working hard will lead you to where you want to go. And then, you know, when you get those bumps in the road, just keep pushing through. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to the parents for supporting their kids. And that's what we need in this world because it's, it's just not an easy world, but these kids need to feel loved and supported and, you know, be given confidence. And so that's really what I would love for everyone to hear. Well. You exemplify love and endurance and grit and determination, Lindsay, and thank you for being with us today. And I'll put in the show notes exactly how to get a hold of uh, you and your academy there for those people. But why don't you just go ahead and tell us how people get in touch with you and, and then I'll put it in the show notes. Thanks for having me on today, Glade. It was awesome talking to you. And, you know, I think the world of you and if anyone wants to check out my academy, they can go on the website to lkline51.com. So you spell L-K-L-E-I-N-5-1.com. And uh, the 51 is for my number on the USA team. So yeah, you can find me there on the internet. You can find me on Instagram, lkline51. So yeah, so it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, and continued success for you and, and your academy and, and the coaches that you have there working with you. And uh, thank you for making a positive influence on our youth. I think that is absolutely exemplary. Uh, thanks for having me, Glade. Appreciate it. We'd like to thank our guests for sharing a part of their experience with us on this episode of Why Not You? Also, we'd like to thank Mix It 6 Studios for producing, editing, mixing, and creating our great music for this podcast. But most importantly, we'd like to thank you for listening. Be sure to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode of Why Not You. See you next time.